Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hello and welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hello and welcome to Baseball Mainly again. We have a full studio today. It is a miracle. It's I'm nice. back. It's nice to have everybody back. You guys look a little tired, though. It's been uh, all Comic-Con all the time for the last few days. <laughs> Corey, I believe, is on the aisle for exhaustion. Uh, and yeah, it feels I, like I played 16 doubleheaders. Yeah, well, uh, everybody did a great job. Here today with us is Corey. Hello, I'm back. I'm back in. I'm back in the dugout. Corey, is he the pinch hitter today? No, he's the roadie no, today. He's the roadie. Yeah. He, has, <laughs> he has been moving equipment and monitors, <laughs> making sure the stage was yep. right, mm-hmm. uh, telling jokes, mm. mingling with the, the 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 common folk, the interesting people at the Motor City yes. Comic Con. Yes, and we which appreciate, we live streamed yeah. all mm-hmm. weekend. Yep, go check us out. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Go to the Geektainment app or even the N. RM Streamcast app. That's right. Download, uh, download it and uh, check it out. Yeah, we had some baseball fans too. Baseball fans who were uh, actors and everything who, who enjoyed. You know, who went well, over you there know too. who I saw posted on Twitter in a picture with uh, Brian Bumgartner. Who's that? None other than left-handed pitcher Daniel Norris was Ooh. at Comic Con. Oh yeah, this, that's uh, right. Yeah, Daniel Norris was there this past I, weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should introduce you. This is Ethan, the <laughs> Statman and the Roadie Perlman. And, and Ethan know. is on the IL. Just yeah. for for, for uh, all intents and purposes, I am on the IL because I decided to go golfing yesterday, and I injured myself. Oh. So we are not going to talk anymore about that. <laughs> I'm not, day pr- I'm not proud Comic-Con of it. And you go golf. <laughs> yeah, look at him. Not proud of it. Well, it doesn't surprise me Daniel Norris was there. Not at all. No. Was he in a baseball uniform? No, he was nope. in this... Normal clothes. Yeah, he didn't have the Spider-Man costume on. No, he was not. He was not a uh, Spider-Man that fell off the stage right no. behind Corey. No, no, that would have been <laughs> tragic if that was. If that was. Oh, if that happened. Oh, I don't know if I could live with myself. I only got to see a little bit of the con on uh, Friday, mm-hmm. right when it opened. Uh, uh, Friday, uh, we had baseball practice with my ninth graders, yep. and then Saturday we had a doubleheader over in St. Clair Shores, mm-hmm. which we won both <gasps> games. Oh man! Yeah, who who knew? Who knew? Who knew we had that kind of talent? <laughs> so and you should have known. And then Sunday was opening day for uh, one of the divisions in the MSBL. Okay. And it was a very special opening day. We had uh, a little ceremony recognizing the now deceased manager of the 65 and over Lugnuts, a great guy, uh, Stan Gatinsky. And uh, we took a little video of that on my iPhone. I want to share it with our viewers and you guys today. Very nice. Yeah, that was uh, that's the patch that uh, 
all those guys are going to wear this year in memory, oh, nice. in memory of Stan. That was Stan's uh, widow, Christine, and uh, his family was there. Uh, it was very touching, and I'm getting a little emotional right now. Stan was Thanks. a good, a good yeah, friend sure. on the ball field. I didn't know him as Stan. I just always called him Stashu. Stashu. Uh, Stashu Gatinsky. And you took that video, uh, Jess? I did. Nice you, job. You can tell what great quality I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like thought, you I thought that was great I camera thought, work I thought it was right really there. Good <laughs> yeah, there was a little push in and everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Comic Con 2020. Jess Monticello on the main stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was kind of windy, so it wasn't easy sure. to hear. Uh, Larry Palladino was uh, uh, the guy talking there, uh, the guy without the beard. Larry's going to be on our show coming in the future. Fantastic. Uh, we're going to go to his home and uh, take a look at some of his memorabilia and talk to him about his days with the Associated Press oh, cool. as a sports editor for Michigan. Nice. Um, it, it was very touching. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I got all teared up. I couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was sudden, and we missed Stan. Sure. And, uh, you know, as uh, Leo DeRocher says, baseball's like church. Mm-hmm. Many attend, few understand. Exactly. It's the camaraderie of the game, yeah. more so than uh, our ability at this right. age. Yeah, you know, we talk about it all the time on the on this show that uh, it's all, you know, baseball's a bigger thing than just a sport. So, no, that's very yeah. nice of you, Jess. Very cool. Uh, and we had a good day. Our. Uh, our uh, 65 and over Tigers beat the 65 and over Red Sox 9-8 in seven innings. Jess went Early. one for three and did not hey. hit the ball well once. Okay. One uh, for three, though. That's yeah. not bad. Well, was, it, was that the bunt, bunt single? No, it was a pop-up that dropped in. No oh, no okay. run scores, though? Oh, no, I scored a run. In okay. fact, <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you this because this doesn't happen once. With my blazing speed, I was on first base. Ball got by the catcher. I rounded second. I noticed he had just picked up the ball and wasn't paying a lot of attention to me. And I motored on in and slid into third. You turned it into oh sixth gear and I was chugged it. I was safe by milliseconds. Just, just with the Billy Hamilton speed yeah, right for there. For sure. Uh, well, I believe we have just received a phone call. Okay. And uh, it is our special guest of the day, none other than Dr. Rand McLean. Are and you there, Doc? Let's bring him on. Are you there, Dr. McLean? Dr. McLean, are you there? He's there somewhere. He's there. He's in he's Hello, in the Dr. McLean? Yes, sir. Hey, there welcome. He welcome to our show, Baseball Mainly. We're excited to have you on today. I'm uh, Just Monticello. We have with us in the studio uh, Corey Stewart and Ethan, we call him Ethan the Statman Perlman. It's a show mainly about baseball, but we talk about other sports as well, and we thought it would be timely to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. McLean, especially as it relates to sports injuries. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I lost count about, uh, I don't know, after 20 surgeries or so, so I have my share of injuries. But uh, I'm also a doctor. I grew up playing sports, you know, more for... What a lot of people say is the mental aspect of it than the physical aspect. Um, And uh, I do sports and regenerative medicine now in my practice in Los Angeles and see a lot of elite amateurs and pros and even weekenders that are getting injured, especially with the, you know, the CrossFit training trend where people go in and think, uh, well, I can bench two and a quarter and I can press 135 and squat 315. Why can't I do it all together, right? Um, 
so yeah, overtraining and injuries are a big part of my business, and there are a lot more than ever because people are getting the exercise bug more than ever, and you know, uh, there's a lot to talk about. I know with baseball, the the biggest uh, talk these days is about the Yankees, right? Oh sure, yeah, we don't like them here in Detroit. We, we don't like them at all. <laughs> of course, it's hard to like our team these days. Uh, I see you're a, res- a restorative sports medicine doctor, among other things. Regenerative, we call it, yeah. It's just semantics, but yeah, that's the term we use. Well, uh, here's, here's something that's kind of timely. I coach a ninth-grade high school baseball team. And in the last week, we've had a sprained ankle, two concussions, and a pitcher with tingling going down his arm. And I, I, you know, nothing I could do about the concussions. These were from collisions on the field, and uh, I don't see a way we could have prevented those guys from either running into each other or getting hit by a foul ball while catching. But, uh, you know, maybe the arm injury could have been prevented. Maybe the sprained ankle could have been prevented. What do you do once they have an injury? How, what, I mean, are there certain protocols you follow, certain uh, diets that help prevent injuries or help recover from injuries? Well, you got kind of two, two questions going there. One is what I like to harp on most, which is the prevention part, right? If you can predict it, you can prevent it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're in a sport, so there's a lot of predictable injuries, and especially with high schoolers, uh, but all the way up the chain. You know, these, these kids are still growing. Uh, they haven't been seasoned, if you will. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, there's a lot of stuff with the concussions, although even that, because in a lot of sport, you know, concussions occur, and therefore they are predictable, they are preventable. There's a there's a fellow, uh, Mike Jolly, who's developed something uh, to strengthen the neck, and the studies show that that can actually improve outcomes, preventing concussion, I should say. Uh, but in the case of, you know, after the fact, sure, there are modalities we can use to get really to get the body to heal itself faster anyone who tells you they can heal the body is is stretching the truth a bit normally what we do is we get the stuff out of the way if you will the inflammation um sure there are surgical interventions when necessary that absolutely uh, require uh, us to get in there and, and 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 manipulate things but uh mainly what we're doing is we're uh, allowing the body to heal itself so for example, cold therapy. What's the idea there? You're going to reduce inflammation. Uh, the body reacts to cold. You know, just good old icing. No one likes to ice, but it's one of the best treatments out there. This this uh, uh, sprained ankle you were talking about. Yes. Uh, if someone ices it, initially your body is going to uh, constrict the blood vessels. We all know that. But what happens? I mean, you're there in Detroit. You see the red cheeks after about 20 minutes, right? Because the body reacts. Yes. And opens up the blood vessels. Well, that gets more flow to the area. Because uh, the body wants to restrict flow, it's trying to shut down the area and let it heal, uh, not not create more of an injury. And and we're saying, okay, that's fine, but we're going to coax it along, open up the vessels, uh, reduce inflammation, get more nutrient blood flow in there. Uh, and that's just a simple way. Of course, we got all kinds of, of uh, other treatments. I'm not saying they're better than ice, but you know, all the way up to now stem cells, and maybe a step below that would be platelet-rich plasma therapy. And of course, it depends on the injury. Sure. Well, uh, both these uh, guys with concussions, uh, it happened in two separate incidents in the same game. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate. We had a trainer there, really checked them out, got them both to the hospital to make sure there wasn't more uh, going on inside that uh, brain. And uh, uh, these guys are done for the season. 
And that's, wow, uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of baseball to be played in the future. We don't want to risk their life or their their career if they ever are going to have one. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we we want them to be able to be good students going forward and not just uh, student athletes. Uh, well, that's definitely an improvement over the old school way of thinking, which is to you know get them back in the game and maybe a few other expletives and, and, and uh, yeah, risk all kinds of things. So, oh, yeah, toughen up, get back out there. You're all right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have a guy, one kid, you know, he was he was pitching. He got came out one inning and he said, hey, coach, my arm kind of hurts and my fingers are tingling. I had no clue what was going on there, but I knew it wasn't good. And uh, he was done for the day, and I, and I've, I, his arm still hurts. We iced it, and we just told him he's, you know, we're gonna put him on the shelf until he sees a doctor, and he's, he's, we know what's going on. You have any Probably idea? Probably a good what, move. Yeah. Yeah, because that can range from something likely. Well, it could be right there in the wrist, could be in the elbow, but it could be up as far as the neck. Um, not to try and diagnose from afar, but do you remember which fingers were tingling? Uh, he just said his fingers. And uh, when I got him with the trainer, uh, she did, you know, things to test his uh, strength. And if there was pain when she squeezed his hand and she, he squeezed hers, uh, turning the arm where the radius and the ulna would, you know, kind of turn. Uh, and, it w- and it hurt. Uh, when he did that, when he when he twisted his arm, so um, you know she she recommended you know you're done and you know you need to see a doctor. Uh, well, not to stir up the pot too much, but you know there was a, a pretty good documentary, and I'm not going to remember the name of it off the top of my head. I can research it before and get back to you, but it spoke about how we've been training uh, pitchers, particularly uh, with biomechanics that are really off. Mm-hmm. Uh, for forever, and, and gee, there's a surprise with all the Tommy John surgeries going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the The actual injury itself, like I said, could range from the wrist all the way up. But you've got some simple things uh, that could be occurring. Uh, you're st- you could be stretching the nerves, especially in a kid that's growing. Right. Um, you could be impinging upon them uh, the area of the uh, we'll call it the area between the neck and the and the shoulder, sort of where the trapezius is. Uh, it's an area where we have something called thoracic outlet syndrome, and those muscles could be getting tight and impinging on what's called the brachial plexus, just a fancy way of saying a bunch of crisscross nerves, mm-hmm. uh, and that could be causing a tingling. Uh, but it could be something that um, uh, is serious, so you definitely want right. to look at it. I mean, it could have been something he did outside of practice and didn't want to tell anybody, that, you know, because you know, these days they're so much uh, invested in, in some of these leagues He's not allowed to go skateboard. Maybe he took a spill and pinched a nerve in his neck. He's got a herniated disc, or who knows what. But yeah. definitely worth investigating. Oh, for sure. And I, you know, I don't want to ruin the kid's arm or anything. We're gonna, we're gonna shut him down until we know exactly what's going on. And he, uh, he has a very violent delivery that we've tried to work on. And uh, you know, here in Detroit on the professional team, the Tigers, you know, we have four guys that are pitchers that are on the injured list. And uh, a couple of them have this. It's called the. Is it called the ulnar nerve? That uh, having problems with that. Typically, yes, the yeah. ulnar nerve. Yeah, and uh, you know they, we're we're talking surgeries with these guys, and I sure don't want to see that to you know a kid playing high school sports, or any kid. Um, you know, I get it that the the big league guys, uh, you know, they they go all out all the time, but 
Um, I think there well, was a guy. Well, even if it's putting food yep, on your table, you know, eventually sure. that's going to be limiting. Uh, you know, because if you get injured, you can't put the food on your table anymore. And I guess a lot of these guys just hope that uh, they 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 make enough money to retire, and, and then they're injured and they don't have to worry about it. But it goes back to what I mentioned earlier with this documentary, whose name I'm not remembering. But uh, you know, t- it can start with technique, and then you know the whole overtraining thing. It's a double-edged sword in that you could be doing everything right with the exercises, even the pitching motion, et cetera. But if you're not recovering, you're not getting the rest. You mentioned diet earlier. You're not eating properly so those muscles and ligaments and tendons can repair, uh, then you're going to have an issue. And, of course, it works the other way, too. You could be um, uh, doing everything right in the rest and recovery part of it, but, uh, you know, you could be, uh, you know, doing too much in the gym. I mean, that's great. You know, it's a great problem to have. You got a guy with a big heart. He wants to do a little extra on the treadmill or, you know, a you know, hundred more pitches, but that can be a problem too. And then, you know, hence the term overtraining. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I, I talk to these guys about, not just what they eat, but also how much they drink, how much water they take in. Uh, and as I get older, I know when I'm dehydrated, that's when I get hurt. Um, yeah. And, and do you have do you have any diets you recommend for athletes? Well, I, I, I got to be honest. If anyone tells you they have the diet, run. Um, <laughs> cool. There are diets that are tailored for certain things. For example, fat loss or uh, bodybuilding, muscle repair, anti-inflammatory. So first, you have to look at what you're treating. In this case, we can call it treating. Uh, or at least what your goal is, and then the the person being treated. Because if uh, and I don't mean to get too complicated, but it's pretty simple. You know, you got the kind of the fat roly poly guys, the endomorphs versus the the you know the olive oil type build, the ectomorphs, very skinny. That's a that's a starting point right there. You're going to give somebody who's an endomorph, you know, one of the guys that eats like a bird and still gets fat, a different diet than say an ectomorph who seems to have you know, as they say, a wooden leg somewhere. He can eat all he wants and never never puts on any weight. Um, so bottom line is you have to tailor the diet to a lot of different factors. The, you know, in this case, the injury you're trying to treat or prevent, the, the kid, in this case himself, um, and what's going on off the field. You know, that goes into the overtraining thing. I used the example the other day. you got some of these guys that are getting uh, trained by, by some of the best trainers in the country. They're on, you know, teams with a huge budget. Uh, they're getting injured somehow. Maybe they're doing everything right in the gym. Maybe they're doing everything they're told with a diet, uh, but they're skipping curfew and, and you know swinging from the chandeliers with the cute girls at night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that can ruin it, you know. Sure. So there's a lot of different factors. I, I know it'd be great to have an easy answer, but you know, bringing up all the different possibilities is about the best I can give you. That's and good. then it comes down to uh, you know figuring out what of those possibilities is going to have the most effect. And, you know, obviously if you can choose more than one, you have an advantage. You can, you know, pick out five things that will work the best to, to more rapidly heal uh, the injured athlete. You know, I don't know the, uh, the documentary you're talking about, but there was a pitcher that pitched uh, for Michigan State University and later for the, uh, I believe, the Los Angeles Dodgers, a guy named Mike Marshall, who has had a totally different way of pitching where you come just over the top and it isn't so strenuous on your elbow and uh, for some reason major league baseball and uh, 
you know, most other pitching coaches just couldn't deal with the change. Now, his, his guys had success when they pitched, but um, he kind of got blackballed from the whole uh, sports industry, baseball industry, if you will. Uh, and it seemed to make sense to me because I know I'm a left-hander. When I try to pitch, my elbow hurts, and uh, I have to ice it and take a few days off, and I think it just has to do a lot with old age. Uh, doctor, <laughs> do you have you have a website or anything you'd like to uh, share with us that could give us more information? Well, my website's more of a – yeah, there's some information there, kind of a business card, too. It's uh, P – srmed.com um, I appreciate the, the, the opportunity to share that but um, to comment on, on what you were just mentioning um, the the biomechanics in this in this documentary were broken down pretty succinctly and it was clearly not advantageous to continue throwing not advantageous to the, to the uh, pitcher's arm to continue throwing with the biomechanics of the of the the standard of care, if you will, in the in the pitching industry. And yeah, I mean, I grew up with Charlie Lau and Charlie Lau Jr. Uh, in Key Biscayne in Florida. And, uh, you know, it is kind of a, a club in, in any sport. I'm not just talking about baseball. Uh, you got guys that have been successful and guys that, you know, well, I can't say any better, but kind of make it a club, a fraternity, whatever. And yeah, if you don't do it the way the head guy wants you to do it, even if it's better, that can draw consequences, right? Uh, so it can kind of perpetuate it. I, I guess I'm agreeing with you uh, that this sort of thing does happen a lot. I've seen it with guys I've had that come to me, um, you know, with certain teams who will remain unmentioned. But, you know, they come for outside help, and I go to the games, and I see the trainer doing stuff, and I'm just I'm rolling my eyes, shaking my head. Not that I'm any great shakes, but I know for sure that what they're doing is either not addressing the problem or making it worse. Yeah. Uh, hey, you mentioned you know works. There's some nepotism there. You know, yeah. hey, this is a friend of a friend. Sure. So he's coming on board. It's the way uh, we've always done it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you mentioned uh, Charlie Lau. I yeah. once I once played ball with a guy by the name of Luke Dawson, who was a pitcher, and played with Charlie Lau in the fifties. And uh, that's my my claim to. Uh, fame right there. That's as close as I get to the big leagues. <laughs> and Charlie Lau, of well, course, was a great uh, batting instructor for the uh, Royals. And uh, George Brett paid him a lot of uh, a lot of homage. That's what that's. He was good man, yeah. and uh, so was his son Charlie. You know, may he rest in peace. Uh, closest I ever got to any baseball was just yeah, going out and partying with Charlie Lau Jr. But how cool! Very highly as Bob. <laughs> Very cool. And told a lot of good baseball stories, and uh, you know, Charlie Lau Jr. went on to coach for a little while before he he passed on. But uh, well, you know, yeah, uh, that's as close as I got. Baseball stories uh, tend to change depending on how many times they've been told. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the ball seems to go farther, and and. Uh, and the pitches seem to be faster. Well, Doctor, it was a, a, a pleasure speaking with you. It was great advice to our listeners. It was great advice to me as a coach. And uh, uh, thank you. They, it's, uh, and we're going to have people check out your website, psrmed.com. Yes, sir. Thanks again. It was my pleasure, too. Thank you. Oh, we really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too, sir. Thank you.
All right. Uh, this day in baseball history, what happened? Okay, so we're uh, going to start off with 1943. Oh, we're going all the way that far back. Uh, we're Goodness. going back before my dad was born. Um, and this is at Comiskey Park. It only takes one hour and 29 minutes for the White Sox to defeat the Senators one to nothing. The 89-minute contest is the quickest nine-inning game ever played in the American League. I have a feeling that is still the quickest game ever played well, in baseball. Uh, it takes about 89 minutes mm-hmm. to play two innings today. It does. And uh, there, there really mm-hmm. isn't a reason for it all the time other than um, you know bad pitching, a lot of walks, sometimes a lot of strikeouts. Uh, 89 mm-hmm. minutes should be three or four innings. But for uh, this today. time, it was. I mean, think about it. People complain on how slow the game goes. Well, you know, if every game was a shutout, maybe it would be closer to 89 minutes <laughs> a game. <laughs> Does that really irk you guys, since this whole thing has been brought up in the last Look, few I love, years? I love, I love baseball. It. I don't yeah. care how long yeah. it takes. Give me true, true, longer. Pe- true, true fans mm-hmm. are not okay with a, what baseball is trying to do. True yeah. fans don't care if it takes five hours or it takes uh, three hours. Now, the only thing I have to say about... The baseball taking a little bit longer is the replays. When the replays are supposed to help you yeah. change the pace of the game, but at the same time, they're taking five, six minutes sometimes. Here, here's what I don't like. And maybe this is the fault of Franklin Gloves, mm-hmm. right? Batters who step out every pitch and have to readjust their batting gloves. I think so I think so they, only yeah. the players that wear Franklin gloves, if no, they wear Nike yeah. or Adidas, they're, so. good. they're good. I mean, In Victor Martinez took like five minutes sometimes out of the batter's box. Well, well, Victor Martinez also put dirt on his shoulder before every <laughs> that, game. That wasn't so dirt. That, that was pine, pine tar. Pine tar, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, he, got, he got on the field and you already thought he was rolling around. Yeah. Get dirty. So, um, if you have a clean jersey at the end of the game, you didn't work hard. Exactly. You have it, to it have does, you have to have that dirt on it there. It does bother me that batters don't get in the box and bat, and that pitchers take forever between pitches. Who was the guy we uh, had we, here? We had K-Rod, who took forever. We had, um, what's his face? Uh, Johnny Damon used to take a little bit of time out of the... You, you know, know who I loved? Uh, because they would take... So much time to get into the box, but then when they got in the box, their batting stance made it look like they were just so impatient for the pitch to be thrown. And that was Gary Sheffield. He would step out of the box. He'd readjust his glove, readjust his bat. He'd look, he'd look out he, into the outfield it, it, and it, stare it, and wonder it, what was life was all about. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then I he would step into the box. I didn't like Sheffield when he played against us, but I loved him when he yeah. was Oh, Yeah. yeah. So you know, he's one got, of those guys. He's just tough. He's up a there. big guy. Because I think he got into a brawl in Cleveland. We showed that, I yeah. think. Yeah, here, yeah. So we got um, one more this day in history. We are not going to show the video because I have been informed that we have Scott Green on the phone. So we're going to well, gonna Scott go. would let us show the trout video. Okay. He's Scott got, likes trout. If, if Scott does not mind holding out for, one, for one second, we are going to quickly explain what this video is. It is Mike Trout becoming the youngest player in the American League history to hit for the cycle as he goes four for five in the Angels' 12 to nothing route of the Mariners at the time. Mike Trout, also known as Millville Meteor, is a 21-year-old. And we're going to roll that clip real quickly, so let's get that clip going. Angels hosting the Mariners. Mike Trout has already accomplished so much in his young career, and he would cross 
Another item off the checklist in this one. Well, we pick it up in the first inning. Josh Hamilton celebrating his 32nd birthday, and he does so in style. Hamilton with the home run is sixth on the season. It gives the Angels a 3-0 lead against Aaron Harang. In the top of the third, still 3-0 Angels, Jerome Williams, 3-1 career in four starts against Seattle. And he gets Kyle Seeger to hit into the double play to get out of the inning there. Then in the bottom of the inning, Mike Trout, slow roller, first base, and great speed from Trout beats Harang to the bag. And that's the start of something special for the young Trout. Back to Hamilton in the fourth inning. Hamilton hits it well to right field, and this is going to go for extra bases. Hamilton ends up at third with the triple. So that's quite the start of a birthday for Hamilton, a home run and a triple. Next up, Howie Kendrick. That's going to go. Home run for Kendrick is seventh of the season later in the inning. It's 6-0 Angels after an RBI double from Eric Ibar. And here is Trout to right center field, and that's going to be trouble. Trout, he's going to be running for a while. Eric Ibar scores, and Trout ends up at third with his fourth triple of the year, also his 30th RBI of the season. 7-0 Angels, bottom six. Bases loaded for Trout. And he rips the first pitch down the left side, and that has extra bases written all over it. One run scores, two run score, a third being waved around, three will come in. Trout's having even a bigger night with a three-run double, and the Angels have a 10-0 lead. KLAA, and that night got bigger. Here in the bottom of the eighth, it's Trout again. And he lifts one high, and he hits it well into center field. That ball is hit, and it is out of here! He has hit for the cycle tonight. Mike Trout has done it tonight. What a night for the Angels center fielder. Five RBIs. He hits for the cycle for the first time in the majors. KLAA once again. What a night for Trout. It goes four for five. That's amazing. That guy's, that guy's just money, isn't he? Yes, he is without a doubt. And speaking of money, do we have Scott Green on the phone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Scott, how are you? I'm fine. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. We're doing well. I, what are you doing? Working in the yard today? No, actually, we have uh, Yeah, I built a uh, outdoor shower a long time ago, and the drain is so plugged up with roots that I had to I'm just putting a new top on it. So I'm working on that. Well, it's good to know you do something besides baseball. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> hey, we've got we've got a question for you. Sure. We want we want to know who you think the best shortstop all time is. Whoa. Because we know who whoa, you're going to say. We've got we have a picture of a guy. Yeah, we we have good money bet on uh, who you're going to say, and we're actually going to load up his photo if we are correct. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us who the best choice. Uh, I, I I will have to tell you as much as I want it to be who you think I want it to be. Mm -hmm. It is Honus Wagner. Wow. Oh wow! So we yeah. do not have a photo. No, we don't of have him. a photo of that guy. No, we do. We, we do have a, a <laughs> we do have a photo of Billy Rogel. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the who great shortstop? Actually, who, who hit Dizzy Dean in the head with a ball? Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, yeah, it, we we did not pull that photo. I, I'm I'm sorry, Jess, we didn't. It was not 
the best quality, okay. so we did have to go with a different photo hey, in this scenario. The New York, uh, the Detroit Times, the next day, said Dean's head X-rayed, nothing yeah. found. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that yeah, headline. Like, I actually, was, it was pretty true. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dizzy Dean. Yeah, this was that well, was the thirties. Uh, I'll, I'll take it that you guys thought I was going to say Ozzy. Yeah, we thought you'd say Ozzy. Well, you know what? Listen, it's hard not to. I mean, if you had a team of, if you picked an all-time team and had Aaron, Ruth, Mays, Gehrig, Hornsby, you could deal with an Ozzy Smith at shortstop and get away with it. But if you wanted offensive numbers, it's pretty hard to argue with Hollis Wagner. Yeah, well, we like a guy here in Detroit named Alan Trammell. We thought he was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that Alan Trammell finally made the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He certainly was mm-hmm. yeah, we hope Lou does, too. Uh, that, they were a great combination. And uh, you look at the numbers, you know, you can make a case for Lou to make it as well. Uh, well, uh, what's going on in the world of play-at-the-plate baseball this week? Well, we are getting ready. The rosters have been sent out for next week's event in what is going to be very hot and steamy Durham, North Carolina. So, uh it's going to be in the upper 90s next week. So. Well, guys from Detroit don't mind warm weather because it doesn't come here very often. So, well, it's 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 uh, going to be hot, but we'll keep it hydrated, and the, the field is just to die for. So you're done. And you're all set. You can't register for that one anymore. That is closed. We are completely full with that and doubled our numbers from one year to the next. No, that's to that's great. It's a, it's a wonderful event. I'm looking forward to going. So uh, I, I got to ask yeah, go something ahead. with this. Um, Jess, so if the rosters have been sent out, you've seen your team, right? Yes. You going to take it home? You going to win the whole thing? Oh, no. Because Scott... Scott loads the team he's on. Oh. oh I'm not losing on my own event. <laughs> okay. Hey, the beauty I don't, of, give, a, I don't give a damn about <laughs> customer service. <laughs> you know, I've, I've played in events where Scott is, has been on the roster of another team, and he's so busy running around, making sure everything's going well, making sure everybody's happy, making sure people have what they need, that he doesn't play a whole lot. Uh, and... Uh, I'm thrilled to be able to play with my son uh, on a baseball field, albeit on a professional baseball field, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just have a good time. I don't. Re- it isn't about winning or losing. This is about making memories, and the baseball is a step above. Certainly, a step, at least a step above fantasy camp. And there's nothing wrong with fantasy camp. I've loved the few camps I've gone to, but the people I've met at these events are from all over the country. And they're good people that love baseball. There's a real camaraderie. And as I said before, as DeRocher said, baseball's like church. Mm-hmm. Many attend, few understand. That's play at the plate. Well, so we're going to have a blast. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this event because it got so well-reviewed last year. The uh, we actually, It's going to be competitive. We have uh, a lot of players who are, you know, league players back home. And uh, they're coming. I think it will be quite competitive, but the field itself is top three in my eyes to Cleveland, Toledo, and I think this is the nicest actual field we may have ever played on, and uh, I'm looking forward to that short porch and right field again, i got to tell you. <laughs> well, you know, if it is competitive, I'm in trouble. So <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> you, you, you do just fine. Don't, don't, don't even go there, all right? Just, just Monticello, it'll close to 600 this week with, you know, 
seven RBI, six runs scored, just some old pitch, a no hitter. <laughs> I would like a highlight video for uh, the next show oh, well, that we have we'll, after this event ends. We'll take some yep. video. Mm-hmm. What well, do you, what, I want what, that highlight reel and that blooper reel. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, there'll be plenty of bloopers if you watch me. <laughs> hey, Scott, uh, what do you have coming up after Durham? Well, we have a little time off, and then we go to back to beautiful Dyersville, Iowa for oh, two events. Field of Dreams. Yep. The first event is the Fantasy Camp Team World Series, which we have four teams committed already, the Indians, Rockies, Reds, and Giants, hoping to get a Yankees and a Mets team there. And then the following week, our father-son event at Field of Dreams, and then in Cooperstown, and then finish the season off in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. But I am very intrigued, and I was totally out of the loop on this one. I didn't know the Texas Rangers were getting a new stadium until this week, which I think is a joke, to be honest with you, just because they forgot the roof the first time. (laughs) But uh, I think they're going to be worth a phone call to see if we can get into uh, the ballpark. Oh, cool. Make a call next week and see if there's something we could add or... Just wait till next year and see what their plans are to do with the. You know, they're not tearing the place down. I don't think so. Um, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, twenty-five years for a stadium, and you need a new one. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, well, give me a break. Th- you're right. They figured out that it's a little too hot in Arlington in in July and really, August. Really? You think it was too hot twenty-five years ago too? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and it, and he started out with artificial. I know, I know global warming is you know a big issue today. I do believe in it, but uh, it was hot twenty-five years ago in Dallas. <laughs> well, well, what about, what about uh, wasn't but, it artificial turf there initially? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't no, I'm thinking that. of Kansas City. Yeah. I'm thinking of Kansas City. What about Atlanta? How long was Atlanta around before they decided? Uh, they were the same thing. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was a traffic yeah. thing, and it was a bad part. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah, so Scott, it was terrible the case, Comerica Park should be uh, due for a... You know, either a renovation or a brand new stadium. Well, within you know, six you know years. when they built Comerica Park, they actually had in mind if they needed to at some point do a retractable roof, they could. Yeah, uh, Chris Illich said that if we ever wanted to, just saying it would be weird because it's the skyline. You would you see the skyline from Comerica that which mm-hmm. makes it so beautiful. So if you put a retractable roof over there, you can't really see the buildings or anything, and hey, people Corey, from those buildings can't we, see the park. Corey, we don't you need know a roof. We just need heaters and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what that would have fixed? That would have fixed the game. Uh, what was that Sunday? They yeah. got called oh, because yeah. of rain. If we yeah. had that retractable, but that's roof, what. Yeah, we we do get a lot up here you, in Michigan. You never, a lot of, you never lot have of to rain deal with and that. snow, but that's that's interesting. Scott, I don't know what's happening in New York, but we've had so much rain this spring that our ninth grade baseball team has been rained out ten games. Yeah, we've had a very wet spring here too, Jess. But I have to tell you, the weather has changed, and it's absolutely glorious right now. It's a great time to be on the eastern end of Long Island, and it's. Uh, in the upper 60s today, and just beautiful. Everything's popping and blooming. Finally. That's cool. Uh, but That's it's awesome. been a very wet spring, no doubt about it. Whenever you guys get, we usually get it the, the day later. So, well, thank- whatever weather comes through Detroit generally is 24 hours from me. Yeah, we're we're thankful. Anytime we get sunshine here, I I'm just uh, the older I get, the more I need that those uh, golden rays. Hey, uh, so, Scott, um, it's it's. It's always wonderful to have you on. Uh, uh, you know, the Tigers here have fallen out of bed. What's going on with your Cardinals? Oh, my gosh. Falling out of bed. They're, just, they're falling out. That's like the top story of a, 
an apartment building. <laughs> they've, they've lost. They've lost fourteen out of seventeen. Heartbreaking loss uh, Sunday. They just Jordan Hicks is good, but you can't get two and a third innings out of them or whatever. And they just Miller's having a tough time. The starting pitching is not what it was, or, you know, what to be. And some guys just Chris Carpenter can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag right now. Mm-hmm. Goldschmidt is doing all right, but. He's not hit his streak, so they're uh, they're struggling. I might see them on the way down to Durham. They're playing the Phillies. I might uh, oh, cool. risk getting beat up by some Philly fans and, uh, on my way down. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to have to run over to Dave uh, Harville's house and make sure he's not hurting himself over his uh, beloved Yeah, Cardinals. he's, uh, he's as, as serious as I am. If you see him, tell him I said hi. I will do. Will do. Hey, Scott, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank always, you. always happy to have you on. Looking forward to seeing you in Durham. And, uh, hey, uh, thanks, man. Uh, really thrilled to have you as one of our sponsors. Hey, Jeff, it's my pleasure. You're quality people. I love the product. I love, uh, let's face it, we're baseball lovers, so we'll stick together for a long time, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Take care, Scott. All right, have a great day, guys. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Scott, always a great guy. Yeah, always a great guy. You know, that's nice. Uh, I'm a little jealous that he uh, gets to go be- go back to Field of Dreams, but uh, you know, and one uh, day we will. Yeah, one day we will. And in the meantime, we get to possibly see Field of Dreams in this ad. So let's roll the ad. Okie doke. Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field? Experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. Scott Green, always a great guy. You know, who was just on the phone with us. Uh, that's his ad space that you got. So go check him out. If you're a baseball lover, if you're a baseball player, if you want to get back into how you, you know, used to play baseball back in the old days, uh, Scott can make that happen. So give him a call. Yeah, maybe we should all uh, team up for an event. Uh, but yeah. let's wait till we're both off that IL, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we got to get that. exhausted IL. <laughs> hips not doing so hot. I'm, your, on, your I'm on the messed up. Yeah, you, got, uh, yeah. you know, it doesn't help that. It's my throwing arm. So <laughs> the funny thing is, we're not icing or doing anything. You know, but, I, I uh, did. I did go to the, the Dr. Ur- McLean told us. To I did do. go to the urgent care yesterday, and they, you know, they they take the X-ray, and they say we're going to give you a shot. Was okay. it was it jarring when it happened? N- no, it, ju- it just felt like it popped. But um, like, were you in pain? I was in some discomfort prior to it, and then it happened, and okay. then. I was in a fair amount of pain. Now, me being me, I try to fight through pain. I'm one of those people that I'm not smart. When I feel pain, I don't just stop. (laughs) So uh, that happened on the seventh hole. On the eighth hole, I took every shot I was, you know, required to take. And everyone kept saying, why do you keep like spinning as you're finishing your shot? (laughs) So after, as we're getting to the putting on the eighth hole, it's a, it's a scramble, so everybody takes a shot, sure, sure, and sure. I'm the first one to putt. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had been terrible at putting the entire round. I get up, I putt, I put it in the hole. Everybody's cheering, and I'm just grabbing my arm. Uh. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Can't, can't, Take swing, me home. can't swing the club, can't Go do anything. Go to urgent care. Yep. Excuse me. But they're giving me, in the process of giving me a shot, uh-huh. 
they're like, oh, as they're inserting it into, you know, my arm, they're like, oh, by the way, this is going to burn a little. Oh, it, so it was already in your arm, and then they give you the warning. It didn't burn a little. It burned a lot. Oh, yeah. I was not like, big needles fan. I was like, thanks for the heads up. Well, they're like, first, do you want the shot in your arm or in your butt? Uh, arm, please. <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep. Um, my pain is in my arm, so uh, yeah, so let's that, keep that, it up that way. That worked out perfectly, and once again, yeah, thanks for Scott. To, or thanks to Scott for being on. Yeah. Um, and we've got you know a few things to wrap up with. Uh, the okay. first going to be our spotlight player in the minor leagues. Today, I figured, you know, since we got this guy in a trade from Mike Fires, yeah. uh, it's only right that we talk about him, and that is Logan Shore, okay. a pitcher who is currently at AA uh, Erie. And now, did he start off? Was he down in Double A Erie when so, we traded Mike last year? So last year, uh, we got him, or we got him in the Mike Fires trade. He started at Lakeland, okay, and then at Erie, okay. Oh, and he looks like Spencer Turnbull. All right, yeah, he, he really, you know, it is funny. He really does look a lot like Spencer Turnbull, and you'll even see it in the other photo when we put that one up. Get those two guys up here. We Spencer needs a twin. That just back to back days. Get so up this, here. so this year, Logan is as uh, appeared in six games. All of them have been starts. Two and two record. A three sixty earn run average. Are we with sure a that's not Spencer whip. Turnbull? See, that's what I thought. But no, apparently that's Logan Shore. Shut up. No, that's not. <laughs> yes, it is. And they look like identical twins, and I love they it. They really do. And I love it with a passion. Um, okay. He, he was a 29th round selection in the 2013 Major League Baseball draft. Uh, he is the 15th overall prospect in the Tigers farm system, okay. according to MLB.com. 24 is a good age to kind of still be there Yep. For and somebody. I actually believe he's the same age as Spencer Turnbull. So. Okay, I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> For some odd reason, I feel like Spencer Turnbull is doing a double act, and he's like, I'm just going to be you, two what, people. Wait, why would he do a double act? Why would he want to be back <laughs> in Erie when he's in the big leagues? He gets more money. He can be two people and get more money. He gets you know, minor league contracts along with you know major league contracts. I would do it. Okay. Good, Nobody good, would question me. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so yeah, that's our prospect of the week. Uh, okay. So yeah, he, what, he where where was he? Uh, uh, he was at Lakeland and Erie last year. Started 17 games. Finished with a three and six record. A four four five ERA. A one point three six three WHIP. Okay. Over 91 innings. He struck out 74 batters while only walking 21. And uh, this year he's only pitched in he's only pitched thirty innings, but he struck out seventeen and he's only walked ten. Um, but I know I'm sorry I'm going to disappoint our fans right now. This okay. w- this week we have no ballpark food, but there's a reason. Next week, yes, the whole episode is the top fifteen ballpark foods as voted on. There'll be three categories: the host category. The NRM staff category, okay, and then the public category, and you will get a rundown of the top fifteen from each category. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, we'll have clips from our previous episodes. We'll have some uh, images and some voiceover commentary. Ooh, so uh, be uh, ready. We, but we don't for, get to taste any of the food. I know, and I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pushing so hard. We may be able to do this. We may not. This may have to be an extra special. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm pushing for us to attempt. 
to make one of these foods, and I want us to record this. Okay. Because I honestly not the vegan stuff. No, no, no. For the love of Pete. No, I'm thinking we should probably make that pulled pork melt that you know that came on the elephant ears. Yes. I also Um, want to try the D bat dog. The D bat dog. I feel like we could do that. We just have to kind of connect hot dogs together, right? Well, no, it's the corn dog. Or D- well, yeah, the D bat dog was a longer corn dog. Yeah, it was an 18 inch corn 18 dog. 18 inch corn dog. So we just got to connect all the hot dogs and then just dip them in a giant I, I, batter. I just think. And that then fry them up. I truly believe that will be a hilarious segment if we can do it. If we can't do it for next week's episode, it will definitely be. I a, used to work a, in a restaurant, so I think I, 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 I think I can maybe attempt to make okay. this D bat dog. Okay. I just I'm, need a I'm, long enough fryer. I'm all for that. Okay. Um, so that's actually, yeah, that's what our episode is going to be next cool. week. So make sure you tune in. Yep. And um, following uh, next week's episode, the following week, we will definitely be talking about the Major League Baseball draft, which will have happened uh, June 3rd June 3rd, through yep. June 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, we are number... We are number five overall. Five. Oh, okay. It was fifth, I thought fifth, it was five fifth, or six. We're fifth overall uh, in the first round. And Tigers, then, that is. Yep. The Tigers. And it's going to be interesting because you... You it's a, at, it's you still at, a good era. It's a good spot to be in. It is. And we got number one last year. Mm-hmm. We can get five this year. That's not and bad. From what I'm when I'm hearing, it's a lot of position player talk. You know, there, oh, is, there is still a chance that the Tigers may take a pitcher. Sure, but one somebody guy, lower one, maybe down in one the guy rounds. who is kind of falling to number five in a couple different mock drafts is a guy out of the University of California. Okay, first baseman Andrew Vaughn, well, we who was baseman, who was we? last year's. Uh, last year's Golden Spikes Award winner, which oh, nice. for those that don't know, the Golden Spikes is the most outstanding player in the nation in college wow, baseball. That's nice. Uh, yeah, okay, we, guy, he could fall to five. The, the, he could, and that's and that's been the trend uh, recently in these last few mock drafts. Well, we, I know we need definitely position players along with hitters. That's what yep. we're really kind of looking for. Andrew right now. Vaughn, good power yeah. hitter, good contact. He's yeah. had great numbers yeah. at Cal. Because um, anybody who thinks that we don't have pitchers in our minor leagues and aren't really preparing for something bigger, yeah, course, you're, you're ridiculous. I mean, We've been I mean, talking about Casey I mean, Mize, who do, who do we got Bo down Burrows. There, uh, we have Fayedo. We have who, who are all those people? I've never I've never heard of one of them. No one. Of them? Who, who yeah. are all yeah. those people? Yeah, they have really low ERAs, and they're going to be the future of the of the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. And I uh, mean, it's like it's like having a handful of hey, Corey. Justin Verlanders hey, in Corey. our in our pocket. Hey Corey. Hey Ethan. Is Ronnie Rodriguez oh, God. the future of the Detroit Tigers? Well, he could be a good trade piece. A good trade piece. Okay, I am perfectly fine with, yeah. with that. Let's I, get I rid of him. Because let's think. Let's think about. It. <laughs> let's let's talk about Ronnie a little bit while Jess is away. Yeah. <laughs> while Jess is away, the boys will play. Now, Ronnie Rodriguez, he's twenty. 20- Five twenty six. Ah, uh, hold on, hold on, pull we'll, that we'll, up. We will pull that get up this number up. So anywho, even, and he's also now fourth on the team in batting average. Fourth, that's not bad. Yeah. So. You want to know what he's hitting? Want to know what he's hitting? Two eighty. 271. <gasps> Ooh, he's hitting two seventy one. Are they playing right now? Uh, no. Oh no. Wasn't he no. just at two eighty? He was before the game against Oakland that got uh, uh, suspended. Yeah. Now he does have a real chance of upping his average because sure. look at who the Tigers are playing tonight. Now do tomorrow, we have any? Do we have any shortstops sitting in the uh, in our minor leagues? We do. Are, okay, we do. So I mean, uh, to me, honestly, the way he's been, he, he could get traded, and we could get a nice. We could get a nice hitter. I'm not going to say position player, but we definitely need hitters. Um, 
And, and that's kind of really what you're looking at with Ronnie Rodriguez. It's, it's if he's producing and he's Ronnie doing... Ronnie Rodriguez, by the way, is 27 years of age. Yeah, so where he could definitely, he's definitely on the trade block. And like Al Avila has said before, everybody's up for grabs except for probably Casey Mize, uh, Bo Burrows, Fiedo, so, Kristen Stewart. About that, I, I had seen a very interesting poll on an article, I believe that was put out by the Detroit News or mm-hmm. Detroit Free Press. It had to do with the Tigers and, you know, who the trade pieces could be. Sure. Okay, so... Bad Boyd's definitely there, there, were, there, one, were three, right? there were three options. Mm-hmm. One, you don't trade any of your Tiger pitching prospects. No. The second option was you, you trade anyone but Mize or Manning. So you don't trade Mize or Manning, but you're right. open to possibly trading other pitching prospects. The last option was... You do not trade Mize whatsoever, but you're open to trading Manning and all the other pitching prospects. Okay, where would your vote have fallen? Because I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by what the well, census was of this poll. All three is more so like um, all three have the number one factor is you don't trade Mize. You don't. Mm-hmm. He's number one. Yep. He's going to be the next Justin Verlander. Yep. Um. Hopefully and. Manning, I wouldn't want to get rid of just because that's a bigger piece. Unless we could get somebody who we have just an inclination that he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to go with that one. So no Mize, no Manning, everybody, but everybody else. else is See, free and game. here's the thing I was going to ask you is Fulmer's got to be on the table. He's oh. got to be. <laughs> yeah, but, I, he's, but he's, who's going to take he, him? He, I don't know because he's not going to no, He's not going to give much, but. Yeah. He's he's there. Boyd's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, Spencer Turnbull turned out to be you know, a, I, not I, bad at, uh, except for his last few starts. But he could, I, I think, he shows I think that he Spencer can pitch Turnbull at a major league. Going to be the harder sell, sure to sure Avila to trade, sure. But even if even so, if you can get him off the table for a couple of people mm-hmm. or a person or a better position spot in in a draft, yeah. I, I to me, I think that it's still fine because. He, at the beginning of the year, Spencer Turnbull was on nobody's radar. Exactly. And all of a sudden, he turned it on, has had a f- last few terrible starts. So, to kind of let you know what the result of the poll was, mm-hmm. the fair majority were open to trading Manning and other pitching prospects, but mm-hmm. not Mize. Mize was the only one that... Sure. And I think it was... I mean, like, I think everybody's looking I, at Mize. Mize the, has got the spotlight on him. Yeah, and I think the percentages, it was like 40... Which was what the main? It was in the forties. Sure. Uh, then it was thirty-four percent, and then it was like twenty yeah. percent. Was yeah. the last so one. so in, in in three years when they're ready, two and, and a half, two years, three years. Three I'm years, saying I'm two saying years a or three year years. at the most. Okay, at so when most. they're ready, you bring them up. So mm-hmm. you now in the rotation, and this is when Zimmerman's off his contract. This is going to be when. We either trade Daniel Norris, or he gets better, and he's either you in know, the bullpen again, or he's going to be a, a late fifth start. Throw, throw him in the bullpen. Throw him in the bullpen. So you're looking at Casey Mize, mm-hmm. you're looking at Bo Burrows, you're looking at Fiedo, and you're looking at Manning, da- Manning, and then Norris. Why, why, why Norris? I'm if, I'm, I'm if, throwing if, him in, in the scenario. I'm, if I'm throwing in the scenario, I saw Spencer Turnbull. Why isn't he my fifth? Because he might be, get, he might get traded. Just, I'm, I'm thinking he could possibly be a trade piece if he's doing all. Because he was on nobody's radar. I, I, that was I, the biggest I, thing. I understand that, but if you're the Tigers, I would trade Boyd, Norris, or Fulmer mm-hmm. before I'm trading 
Oh yeah, uh, totally. trading. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's why Boyd. That's why yeah. Boyd and, and that was but I'm never saying, on I the even table. Trade, I even trade North before I would train Turnbull because I have more control. I have more years of control over him. I sure. also have to pay him less money. You do. You do. I save money if I keep him. But I mean, throw Norris in there as because if you're going to throw Spencer Turnbull in there in your late fifth, or if he's doing better, you could throw him in could, four, okay. three or four. Realistically, if he's in that possible five mm-hmm. scenario. Mize is my number one. Manning, number two. Mm-hmm. Burroughs, uh, three. I'm th- or no, Fieda? I'm, I'm thinking I would actually be putting Spencer Turnbull at right three. In, right in three slot. Then, then Fiedo and, and then, then Burroughs. Burroughs. And I would be happy even so if those you last have, three got switched in any way, shape, or form. We have four. In that rotation, we have four right-handers and one lefty? No, you have all right-handers. See, that's where I'm kind of thinking you keep Norris because do you remember when we had five aces who were all right-handers? Yeah, Yeah, we were doing really well, but but eventually... you You also look at teams like the Indians Yeah, who have a one of the most dominant starting pitching staffs. Every single one of them... Has gotten better. Has starting to get better. I would have said at the beginning of the year that they were dominant. They're still the most... Well-rounded pitching staff when healthy, they are also really over. Are, Bo- you would put Cleveland's yes, pitching staff over yes, Boston without a doubt. Really, Chris without Sales, a doubt. Chris Sales is starting Cr- to pick Cr- it up. <laughs> Once David Price comes back, it's David Price. Well, this will be something that we will have to continue this debate on, but not on this episode of baseball. <laughs> and not mainly. on next episodes. Either. And not on next episodes either. Uh, without a doubt. Great episode. It was great having Doctor uh, Doctor McLean on, McLean on and, and Scott, Green. Scott Green. Of course, again, Scott Green's phone number. If you guys are ever interested in in reliving your dreams, six three one five nine four one seven six nine. Again, that's six three one five nine four one seven six nine. Scott Green. And without a doubt, you know, one last thing I need to throw in there this weekend uh, and. Mm, Rest of this week, mm-hmm. the college baseball conference tournaments start up. Uh, I believe this Sunday is the selection show for the NCAA tournament. Cool. I will have my eyes peeled to that um, because you never know. Tigers you, may be taking someone you in love, that field. Yeah, you love your you love your college baseball. I, I do. And with that in mind, we are wrapping up, and we will see you next week. Corey, would you like to say Jess's favorite catchphrase? Uh, for, for Jess, let's play two.